Hey friends, it's TGS and DHP. Sometimes in a Henson sermon, you'll hear the preacher man say something like, if this is something you're struggling with, or if you have questions about this, come and talk to an elder. But does anyone really do it? Well, Bonnie Hewitt did. You might think if you know Bonnie, well, that's easy. She's the office manager on staff. She works with the staff pastors all week, but not so fast. Hear Bonnie out. And we're going to get some great input also from Mary Alice DeBoer on the when do you talk to an elder, how do you talk to an elder, and what do you talk to an elder about. I hope you enjoy. Bonnie Hewitt, welcome to the Disciple Henson podcast. Uh, you won't hear this, but I'm going to give you some sound effects. Nice. Uh, millions of fans cheering. Oh, oh, my fans turned out for us. <laughs> That's right. It's about time we got you on the on the show. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. <laughs> and this is what happens when you have a good idea for the Disciple Henson <laughs> podcast. So here you are. Uh, Bonnie, um, I think most people will know who you are, but how would you answer the question, who are you? Well, like you said, my name is Vonnie Hewitt. I am the favorite daughter of David and Jeannie Hewitt. I am a Pacific Northwest girl born and bred, lived most of my life in Portland, all of it in the Pacific Northwest. Um, I'm not married, but I'm a devoted aunt to some of the most amazing people I know. And I'm employed here at Hinson Church. I'm the office manager, and I've been a longtime member here at Hinson. Uh, how did you come to faith in Christ, Fani? I was born in a Christian family, so attended church services from when I was born. And I was at a children's program on a Wednesday evening, and the leader presented the gospel in a way that showed Jesus as the good shepherd. Hmm. And somehow that really resonated with me. And I knew this is the decision I needed to make. So went with the leader. They explained what it means to have Jesus as your savior. I prayed the prayer with all the earnestness of a six-year-old to the very best of my knowledge. But the Lord has continued to grow me in my faith since then. Um, hmm. So I know that's when I made a decision, but obviously I've matured over time and my faith has grown and become my own. But that was when I made a decision. Oh, praise God. And your faith has regularly encouraged me. And I know mm -hmm. Ashley and, and many on staff. We've That's got Mary funny. Alice here, studio audience we might hear <laughs> uh, from her briefly later. Uh, but that, when you were in Sunday school as a six-year-old, that was not at Henson, correct? No, we lived up in the Seattle area at that time. Okay. And actually, that would have been like spring of when I was six, and we moved that summer. And then do you remember what year you came to Henson Baptist Church? I sure do. We came my eighth grade year. Okay. Um, middle school is a difficult time. And so that was a, a challenging transition for me, actually, to come. Then my grandfather was a pastor at a church. And when he retired, we moved to Henson. And so, um, yeah, I very distinctly remember we became members in 1981. 1981. I was baptized here and we became members. Oh, excellent. And uh, who was the pastor in 1981? Don Baker was the pastor. Don Baker. Okay. Mm -hmm. So one question I had for you is um, you've seen a lot of change at Henson over the years. Maybe just one way that change has been a challenge at Henson and change has been a blessing. 
One of the ways that change has been a challenge is sometimes good things still have difficult results. And mm -hmm. to see some people that I cared about very deeply leave, it's yeah. always hard to lose those people, mm -hmm. especially when you feel like the change is a good one and a positive one for the church. Mm -hmm. And they might not agree or they're affected by it in a way that causes them to either leave the church or in some cases actually walk away from their faith. Mm -hmm. So, of course, that's challenging because it's close to my heart. Yeah. Uh, one of the really positive things I've seen, though, is actually kind of what we're going to talk about today is the ways I've seen our leadership in terms of the elders, these be deacons, changed elders mm -hmm. quite some time ago, um, how they have learned to shepherd our church, not just be a leadership role, mm -hmm. um, not just take care of the budget or, you know, kind of the logistics of managing a church, but to really shepherd our church family and how they've grown in that. So that's super encouraging. Praise God. That's, that is encouraging. Uh, well, that's, again, it, you kind of transitioned us there, but that's what we want to talk about uh, today. You had the idea of let's do a podcast, uh, or why don't you do a podcast, Daniel, about, that is what I said. <laughs> about um, how to talk to an elder. Um, and what you meant by that, and you explained, is, you know, it can be intimidating. It can be hard. You can, or it just never crosses your mind. You know, maybe you're facing a decision in your life, or Michael in his last sermon, or at least uh, I don't know when this will release. So on his Esther 2 sermon was talking about uh, sexual violence, sexual coercion, so sensitive things. And he, he says, like, if you've been a victim of this or a perpetrator of this, come and talk come and talk to me, come talk to an elder. Uh, but that can be a very difficult thing to do, even if it's something maybe kind of ordinary. Um, so you, I would love to hear from you a little bit how this has gone for you or how you have thought through this, particularly in light of some of the changes that you've, you've seen at Henson and uh, how at least we're striving to be as pastors mm -hmm. like shepherds. Um, so anything from your life that caused you to want to talk about this topic? Uh, sure. Um, I think it's sometimes very clear to us if there's a traumatic situation or um, something huge or major, we can think, oh, sure, I should go to an elder or mm. even what Pastor Michael was saying in his sermon. Sometimes that seems clear to us. Mm. But sometimes there's situations that might not be maybe as traumatic. Mm -hmm. um, I've had some circumstances in the past where I have gone to an elder um, to have a conversation. Uh, maybe I needed some assistance. Maybe it was either direction before making a decision or advice following a situation. Um, one of those actually included a public church discipline case. So there has been you know, some hurt and some hard situations, but most of those involve other people. Yeah. Like the um, discipline case you're talking about. You weren't talking exactly. about yourself. No, no, yes. no. Yeah. Someone else. Yes. But those involve other people. And so it's hard to give details of those when it's not my story to tell, mm. or maybe not all the details should be public. But fortunately, I do have an account I can tell you about. Um, it's not based in a biblical theology question or trauma or anything of the like. And honestly, to some people at first might come across a little silly, but um, we're here to talk about the process of talking to an elder and mm -hmm. essentially that's the same mm -hmm. and it's only about me so i can give you all the details you want without breaking any confidences or anything um so let me give you a little backstory great and that will set it up so um i've struggled with depression for many years and as and i'm going to get a little emotional as you talk about this but um 
I was very fortunate that I got some really good help when I was diagnosed. Um, mm. I was able to get on a prescription medication that helped greatly. I was able to get counseling. Um, but after about a decade on the medication, I started to experience some side effects that I wasn't crazy about. Mm. Um, also, many of the contributing factors were no longer part of my life. So I made an appointment with my doctor and talked to my doctor about it. And they actually weaned me off of the medication and chosen to manage the depression through other means um, with honestly varying degrees of success. Sure. <laughs> and then about four years ago, I noticed um, kind of a downward spiral. I started mm. to recognize some of the signs that I had become cued into. And uh, I thought, well, maybe it's time to discuss going on medication again. Mm -hmm. So I made an appointment with my doctor with the intention of talking about a prescription. Um, and as we were talking, uh, we kind of recognized that one of the biggest triggers at that time was loneliness. Mm -hmm. So I live alone. Mm -hmm. I'm not married. I don't have a roommate. And one of the big contributing factors was going home to an empty house every night. Mm -hmm. So the doctor actually suggested a companion animal, mm -hmm. which seems like a great idea. And I was very open to the idea, but I live in church housing. Had and you wanted no a companion role. animal or having a dog or a cat before the, the well, your doctor raised this? In a place that had a no pet policy. Right. So I just didn't even honestly consider it. Okay. Um, okay. I mean, sure, I'd love a pet, but that was part of where I lived. So hmm. now I'm faced with a situation where actually this is a life changing decision. I mean, not just mm -hmm. do I get a pet, mm -hmm. but I'm facing a decision. Do I move out of the house where I live? Because mm -hmm. I live in a community yeah. that's so good for my spiritual well-being. Mm, so down. this is, I mean, you might think, oh, well, you're just talking about getting a pet. But it turns out it's a little bit deeper than that. Yeah. So I'm thinking, do I move? Is there any wiggle room in this policy? Yeah. Now what do I do? Now I have to actually talk to someone about this. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So that's what led to having the conversation. So did you, were you, uh, some fear and trepidation, any anxiety going into having a conversation with oh, yes. uh, an elder about this? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, because I'm emotionally tied to this issue. Mm -hmm. I still actually get emotional when I think about it. Sure. Which means I might cry in front of someone. And that's a little disconcerting. It can be. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, not just because I'm worried about whether my mascara is waterproof or not, but because <laughs> I'm being vulnerable. Yeah. And it's not... Uh, just being vulnerable, but this is something I'm really tender about. Mm. So I have to open up and I'm afraid I'm going to be judged on my need mm -hmm. of what I need to have happen. I need some outside help in my life. Mm -hmm. So I'm worried about being judged about mm -hmm. that, to be mm -hmm. perfectly honest. Yeah. And how do I know that in my time of difficulty and uncertainty that I will actually be shown kindness and care? So it's a step of faith and yeah. of trust to right. open up to someone about something like this. Yeah. Bonnie, thank you so much for being willing to share uh, a little bit of your story mm -hmm. uh, like that. And I, I love how you were able to put your finger on like why there was some some fear 
in going into that and to kind of search your heart to see to see uh, what was going on there. So how did you overcome those fears? And I, I, I trust you had the time, you set up a time to talk to one of the elders. How did, uh, I actually how did, did set go? up a time. Okay. And interestingly enough, they had to postpone me because they weren't available right at that moment, which sure. is often the case. Mm-hmm. So I had to think about it for even longer and decide whether I was really going to go through with it. But the main thing that really not just because it's church housing and mm. that's part of a policy, mm. but the main thing was why am I trying to carry this burden alone? Mm. Mm. Why am I not asking for some input? Mm. Um, maybe somebody can give me some advice mm-hmm. and not just good advice, but actually advice that takes my spiritual health into account mm. that cares about my spiritual well-being. Mm. So talk, talk to us. How did that conversation go? Um, you, you walk into the meeting. Do you remember like what the ask was like, or w- w- what are you saying? I need help with this. I or? walked in and I said, here's the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, this has been a recommendation to get this companion animal. Mm-hmm. I'm living in a situation where this is against the policy, against the rules. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to move because I recognize how the community here is so good for my spiritual health, Mm -hmm. but I need to address this cycle that I'm seeing of depression. Mm -hmm. And this is a possibility. Um, What do you think? And I was emotional, of course. And I did. uh, (laughs) So that part went exactly the way I expected. Yeah. Um, But I was uh, honestly surprised that we had a dialogue about it. Hmm. Uh, He asked good questions um, that felt maybe a little bit probing, but were actually really helpful for details. Um, Mm. He was very kind, but he not just cared about my situation and finding a solution, um, but he cared that I was in a place of hurt Mm. and that I needed help changing that. Mm. Oh, praise God. And then what was the, like, did you walk out of that? How did you feel walking out of that meeting? And did you have kind of an answer or some sort of uh, conclusion to that meeting? We didn't have an answer at the end because there were some things that needed to go uh, to a different conversation before a decision was made. But what I had going out of that was the fact that somebody heard me Mm. and they cared and they were going to help me think through a decision, whether it ended up being that I could stay or whether I needed to move and what that looked like and what would be the best, not just living situation, but like I said, because of the community situation here, Mm -hmm. what would be the best for my spiritual well-being and my spiritual growth. Hmm. So you so you walked away from that meeting feeling understood? I did. I hmm. felt heard. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, this was kind of a simple-ish case, so I did feel understood. <laughs> but had I not felt understood, the door was open for me to continue that dialogue also. Okay. Vani, thank you again for sharing that uh, circumstance from your life and how you thought through that and being vulnerable even here. Mm-hmm. Um, really appreciate it. Now, let's uh, think about, I, I think that alone, if we were to conclude the, the conversation right now, I, I, I trust that would do all sorts of good in the lives and the considerations of those who are listening, who are maybe thinking, oh, maybe I should talk to an elder about a situation in my life. Um, but I would love to just now get your advice. Um, you so what would you encourage 
um, the people of Hinson to, to think about when, when they're trying to discern, like, what kinds of things should I get an elder's input on? Like, what kind of, what kind of categories uh, would you kind of lay out for us of, like, um, here's some things that may be helpful to talk to an elder about? Okay. Does that question make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, first of all, it's not whether you should get a pet or not. That's not the takeaway. <laughs> but I mean, we're happy to talk about those things. I mean, I'm those happy are... to talk to anyone. Yeah. About okay, it. so go to Vani on those. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, and obviously, we've talked a bit about if there's a traumatic situation or an urgent situation, mm-hmm. um, that should come to your elder. But we're kind of talking about those mid-range things where Good. maybe it's not quite as urgent, but you're not certain. Should I go to an elder with this? I think in the broadest of categories, I would say if a decision you're facing is a life changing situation, mm-hmm. not life shattering, but might change the trajectory of you, the way you live, where you're going to live, who you're going to live with mm. in terms of like a marriage relationship or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're if it's either by your decision or by circumstances that have either happened to you or been done to you, I'd say that's probably something to bring to an elder. I realize that's a broad category, but I think I'd probably start there. Okay. So things like, uh, like, should I go to Applebee's for dinner or the Olive Garden Italian restaurant, maybe make an appointment with an elder because that could change the course of your life. Well, if the elder's going to dinner with you and oh, part of the point. people going to dinner, then perhaps you should let them weigh in. Yeah. But generally, we, we have strong no. opinions on those <laughs> no. things. It's not, they're not just a problem solver or an advice council. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's more than that. It's more something that might affect, say, uh, uh, your spiritual well-being, like as I consider, mm-hmm. would moving out of a community of my church family would that affect my spiritual well-being? Good, good. What about? Uh, let's just ask some simple questions mm-hmm. here. So when? When do you talk to an elder? And I'm not talking about like, well, Tuesdays they have heavy meeting days, so maybe Wednesday through Friday are ideal times. But in the decision process, um, when is it wise to invite an elder into that? Does that, does that make sense? Absolutely, okay. it makes sense. Yes, I think you need to bring him in before you've made the decision, before you've already decided in your mind when you're still open to input. Mm. Also, if you have the luxury of time, bring him in as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. It just gives you more time to set up a meeting that isn't urgent or to just have a, maybe it needs to be an ongoing conversation. Maybe there's things that you need to check on. Maybe they need to refer you to someone else who has more expertise. If you have the luxury of time, use it. That's excellent. So what you're saying is invite an elder in early, maybe before you've made up your mind. Yes. Yes. Uh, I love that you're saying that, not just for selfish reasons, but I know I've called, I remember one time calling Ashley from the T-Mobile store and uh, saying, saying, Ashley, they have a deal where we can get a buy one, get one free on these new phones. And uh, she just kind of listened to me lay it out. And, and I was like, what do you, what do you think? Should I go ahead and get them? But she's like, well, it sounds like you've already made your decision. Exactly. I wasn't really asking for advice. Sometimes we sometimes unfo- we're looking for confirmation. Yeah, you know, sometimes we're looking for confirmation, and sometimes, and and you know, I mean, it can be we're not maybe using someone, but we're just you know looking for a sounding board. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but it's, I think it's going to be most beneficial if we're in humility, we come mm-hmm. to to one another and particularly to elders yeah. uh, before the that decision has been made. Um, now, what about why? Why talk to an elder? We don't have some sort of uh, special holy water or some sort of elevated spiritual status. 
um, when you have, say, other Christian friends to talk to. So certainly, you know, Mary Alice is here. You could have talked to Mary Alice about the situation that you were talking about. You have other Christian friends. You have godly mm-hmm. parents. Mm-hmm. Um, why an elder? I think as I look at this past situation, um, friends are obviously a gift from the Lord. They help bear our burdens. They share our joys. But your friends are typically going to root for you, and they are going to put you first. They're going to look at your well-being. An elder is tasked with shepherding the church, and they are going to look at your spiritual well-being. Now, I have Christian friends who are going to consider that, but I think they're still going to lean towards my side. They're going to lean towards affirming what I want to happen, Mm -hmm. where an elder maybe comes with a little bit more of a perspective of taking a step back and considering what's your spiritual well-being? Is this good for you? They might think of things that you don't. They're tasked with shepherding the church. That's what they're called to do. So the perspective comes a little bit different than a friend might. Mm, that's that's really helpful. Who's the best elder to talk to? Well, I think you start with someone you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you don't have a relationship or even acquaintance with any of the elders, then you think of one you might like to get to know. And then if you're still not certain, I would talk with a trusted friend. And if you need confidentiality in a situation, you can always give them, I have, you know, like this sort of situation, who would you recommend? And I am not opposed to using the I'm asking for a friend clause mm-hmm. if needed. Mm-hmm. But also, I would start getting to know your elders now, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, you can tell them about things that aren't issues that you need advice on. You can tell mm-hmm. them about your joys that have happened. You can simply to get to know them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you will have already started that relationship. And then that might be a little bit easier to talk to them when the day comes. That's great. What if um, we're concerned, you, you mentioned con- confidentiality confidentiality. And uh, what if you're concerned that what you share with an elder is going to be broadcast to the rest of the elders or the staff, and you you don't want that to happen? Um, So how would you approach that situation if you're concerned about confidentiality? I think we can't promise confidentiality in the way that we think of in secrecy, Mm -hmm. as in I tell you, you won't tell anyone, but we can always count on them to use discretion. Mm -hmm. There isn't a checklist of all the people the elders have talked to, and there's a report that maybe we think that might happen, but that is not the case. There will always be discretion in anything that's brought to an elder. So I think we can just trust that as part of their role. Uh, One of the things I will say is we're installing an elder on Sunday and the vows are listed. And Mm -hmm. as we look through those vows, that should tell us kind of their role and what they're doing. And I think we should trust that they will do that to the very best of their ability Mm. with God's help. That's what we say. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Aren't the pastors and elders really busy? Are they really available to talk to people in the church? Of course, they're busy. I mean, the demands of family, the pressures of the work of the church, they just don't end. But the Lord has placed them in that position. So they are here to shepherd our church family. So time will be made when the matters need attention. Uh, Why might women in the church be more hesitant 
to meet up with an elder because here at Henson, our elders are all men. That's what we understand biblically. Uh, so, but that pr- uh, presents an added kind of barrier, um, kind of just that, that mm-hmm. gender dynamic. So do you want to just have any encouragements to the women in, when it comes to this issue? Or well, advice. Some of the reasons that we might is we might be reluctant to be vulnerable, mm-hmm. or um, it might feel too intimate mm-hmm. to share something that's based on a hurt or an intense situation. Um, we might feel like I said earlier we might be judged on our choices or our needs. Um, we might mistakenly think that they aren't going to exercise discretion. Mm-hmm. Um, we might not be sure of the exact role of elders, actually. Uh, I'm pretty sure that we can recommend some books or some resources to kind of think through what is the role of an elder, if mm-hmm. that needs some clarification. We might um, think we have to work through our entire contact list and they're our last resort when things get really bad. But you don't have to come to an elder and dump out your entire detailed history. Mm-hmm. This is a resource that God's given us. Um, you can approach an elder in the way that's most comfortable for you, whether it's in writing or um, a conversation in person, whichever is more comfortable. Um, there's lots of ways that you can do this, starting with your comfort level. Uh, you can take a spouse. You can take a friend. Um, it doesn't have to be... Um, isolated. Um, And again, I'll say you can always, always trust that their discretion will be exercised. Hmm. One of my favorite things as a pastor is to do membership interviews. I love to hear people, people's understanding of what the good news of the gospel is. I love to hear people's stories of how they came to faith in Christ. But one interesting often thing often happens in membership interviews that it almost turns into a counseling session, not necessarily because I personally lead it that way, but they have an opportunity to sit down with someone in the, in the church, a, a spiritual leader, and they start talking about issues in their life. I think often people have some fear and nervousness about walking into the membership interview. In fact, I think that's usually the case. I think everybody's kind of nervous walking (laughs) into it, but at least it seems just from body language and affect and conversation afterwards that they walk away encouraged. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not just because I'm so wise or caring or understanding or the pastors are, but because it's an opportunity to be, as you shared from your experience, heard. Um, One thing I will say just uh, based on what you said there is if you're a longtime member of Henson and maybe you never sat down with a pastor to do a membership interview, come and come and sit down with us. It doesn't have to be any particular issue. Share with us your testimony. Share with us uh, how you see God growing you um, or challenges that you're facing just so we could pray with you. Mm -hmm. Uh, That would be a real privilege. Um, Now. Uh, you you mentioned maybe bringing somebody with you if you know to to talk to an elder, which is totally okay and great. Um, if if that would be helpful, and it would maybe provide someone to walk alongside you, um, and hear you know you could. What did you hear that elder say, or you know share a perspective? Mm-hmm. Um, we have Mary Alice here, so Mary Alice, I would love to hear from you, and you can maybe start pulling up a chair real quick, but. If you are, uh, a, say, a married woman and you have, uh, you're wanting to talk to an elder who we see from Hebrews 13 is a spiritual authority in your life, but you have another authority in your life who is 
a husband. How should you think through uh, when to talk to an elder when you're a married woman? Should you tell your husband about this? Uh, just share share some just thoughts on how to think through that as a as a married woman. Mm. I I think that that's a kind of a broad question kind of based on the situation, I would really hope that if it was not a, um, th that in a general sense that you would be talking to your husband about this as well. So, I mean, think of a broad range of, of questions. I was just thinking one other area of question might just be a, a theological question. Uh, yeah, you can ask a Sunday school teacher, but if it's particularly doctrinal in a church, um, maybe you're thinking, why do we do that here? Um, that would be a good question just to start there. But I would hope that you would uh, be having, that you'd have communication in such a way that you would be discussing those things with your husband. But um, just because if that's a question that you have, that you actually are sharing that within your marriage relationship. Uh, but there's going to be some issues that maybe particularly if there is, if you're observing or um, you, you see some uh, unrepentant or some sin in your husband that, um, that he is unresponsive to you, then I would think that would be a time that you might want to go um, in a in a really sensitive way to go initiate initiate a conversation with an elder. Um, these are some concerns I have. Um, these are some um, fears that I have. This is what we what where we've been. So I think there's definitely probably times that you might speak an el to an elder outside of your husband, but it would certainly help for the majority of things that that's a conversation you're already having together. That's really, uh, that's really helpful, Mary Alice. And I, I love that you use the word taking initiative, mm -hmm. because I think sometimes, uh, you know, we're complementarian here at this church. That's because we believe that's God's design. And yet, uh, so we believe that husbands should be the spiritual leaders and generally taking initiative to, to taking initiative to love their wives and love their families, to lead their families spiritually. And yet, um, if, uh, like you said, if you see maybe uh, an issue in your husband or in your family that you have concerns about, and you as a wife take initiative to talk about that with your husband, but you don't see a repentant and a humble heart, mm. I think it is it is your your responsibility as a child of God, as a as a as a wife, or may, and maybe even a mother, um, to take initiative with the church and with uh, an elder and to get help for not only your sake, but for your husband's sake. Mm -hmm. And so I just would, I, I like that you, you said for the wife to take initiative because that is not um, necessarily superseding your husband's authority in your life. You, and, and I think in many ways you, that is your responsibility and your mm -hmm. calling to, to do that. Would you agree with that or yeah. nuance that yeah. at all? Yeah. Um, well, one thought is that Speaking to an elder isn't necessarily starting a case of church discipline. Right. It's a it's an initial contact. Um, it might be advice. It might be just, t t uh, is this something I should be concerned about? Is this something the church can help me with? Um, and I'm thinking as you're talking about um, family, maybe it's with, uh, concerns with a child. Well, um, to be in that relationship with your husband, you definitely would want to be exploring that and pursuing that with him in regards to a child way before you um, went to an elder. But just to think that um, having a conversation with an elder, approaching an elder isn't necessarily like opening a case file on a church discipline. 
uh, situation. That's really helpful. Yep. And ideally, you know, um, a husband and a wife or even a parent and a child could come and sit down with an elder together, mm -hmm. just as Vani gave the example of going with someone. Um, okay. And you guys can both speak to this. Uh, what if you find yourself disagreeing with the elders? You have a problem with the elders' leadership, so maybe something they said or a particular way that they're leading the church. Uh, what should you talk to the elder about that? I think it's it's easy to be like, well, maybe this is just my own little. I have a bee in my you bonnet. You should absolutely talk to the elder about that. Mm. I think it's easy to say. Maybe it depends. Maybe if there's what was your question, Mary Alice? The elder, or I mean, I I, I actually. I'm interpreting your con your I interpret it maybe wrongly. I was yeah. thinking narrowly like it's a problem with a elder, but you actually asked the question, what if it was a if you were having a rub with maybe a theological or doctrinal issue or a practice issue? But I would agree is absolutely talk to an elder. What if Michael says something in a sermon that you don't like or you disagree with? Should you talk to Michael about that? I would say yes. Mm -hmm. Just as it's the elders' responsibility to shepherd the church, it's our responsibility to bring up a question to the elders. I think if you find, say, Michael, particularly challenging to just approach with something that you might be attached to emotionally or seem strong, I would suggest that you could start with another elder. That's good. And, you know, it can be, that can be intimidating uh we're not always as direct maybe as we think we are and we it's much easier to talk to other people in our in our spheres of relationships maybe in our family or you know uh, friends in the church like you talked about friends who we know they're going to take our side um so if we find that we're disagreeing with something uh a pastor says or an elder says uh, and we find ourselves talking to others about that, um, or tempted to talk to others about that. Any, any just advice for, for us in that? I think we're always called to talk to the person that we have the challenge with, disagreement mm -hmm. with. That's mm -hmm. scriptural mm -hmm. right there. Mm -hmm. Of course, when you have a person in leadership and you find them perhaps intimidating, I would suggest that if you're talking to another elder mm -hmm. about it, that's far different than me talking to my friends. Mm -hmm. But yes, if I'm going to my friends and I'm talking about something I disagree with, it is my responsibility to talk to the right person. Hopefully you can start with um, the person that you have the disagreement with. Yes. If not, then I'm going to say your intention is to get to that person. Perhaps you need to ask another elder to go with you. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. We want to be very careful. Uh, uh, gossip will destroy a church. Has destroyed a church. Has destroyed churches. Yeah. Um, anything just, to add, Mary Alice? I was just going to add that if I was that other person, so some person A has a has a hurt or a contention, and I was the person, the friend listening, I would hope that my first line of thought would be, have you talked to them about it? Yeah, good. Yeah. And you can always feel free to say, uh, actually, I don't want to hear any more of that. <laughs> you know, you, you you shouldn't be forced to to listen to someone uh, sinning against uh, a, a brother or a sister in a church. Um, you know, you can you can kind of 
it, it would be kindness to that person uh, to walk away, not maybe literally, but say, yeah, maybe before we talk about this, maybe you could talk to the person you have a problem with. Um, okay, so, uh, we, we should wrap this up, but is it okay to text the elders? I'm going to say they publish their phone numbers in the directory. So yes, it is okay to text an elder. Good. Uh, call them on the weekends. Well, of course, life's challenges don't have office hours. So, so. I would say yes, with mm -hmm. the understanding that we need to be gracious about whether they're available to respond immediately or they need time to get back to us. Good. Anything else that you want to say, Bonnie or Mary Alice? Well, why don't I finish my story that I started at the beginning? Please. I was. Um, if you yes, know me, you yes, know how it ended, of yes. course. It does have a happy outcome. Um, I have a small black dog who is named Keiko, who is my companion animal. And as I look back, I realized that I could have approached this situation differently. I could have solved it on my own. I could have moved. Nobody would have thought anything. I could have. There's all sorts of things that could have happened. But instead, Instead, I involved an elder in this situation, and I'm able to track exactly how the Lord worked there, hmm. how faithful he was to show me care by my church. And of course, I ended up with a situation where I still get to live in community. I also have a companion animal. And I can't always promise that there will be such a happy outcome for everyone, but I can promise that you will always be able to see how the Lord works, how he's faithful, and how he cares for us through our church and through our elders. And again, they will always exercise discretion because I would imagine that nobody knows all the details of how this happened unless they heard it from me. Hmm. Thank you so much. Anything, Mary Alice? Uh, I am so thankful to the Lord for you both. Thank you for, uh, I'm thankful to the Lord for your wisdom that he's given you, the example that you have been even in this uh, brief conversation. And I'm thankful that the Lord uh, provided so graciously for you, Vani and mm -hmm. Keiko is a, mm -hmm. a staff and neighborhood favorite, particularly <laughs> among my kids, but among all the staff. Uh, so thank you once again. Absolutely. Absolutely.